0: This is the value of education. If I'd known what I knew now, like I would have kept half of those houses and would have been able to. But at that time, you went to the bank and the bank told you what you had to do.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're talking with property developer Vivian Halliday. We'll start her journey in beautiful New Zealand and follow along from her first reno to 16 properties. We learn how to get at least a 10% return on a reno and how she dealt with a biker gang that ended up living in one of her properties. All that and more to come. Halliday is a passionate full-time property developer and renovator with a number of developed properties under her wing.
0: I've done probably about 16 renovations over the time in about 3 subdivisions. Um, Yeah, I I just love property, anything to do with property which is uh, sort of overtakes life sometimes.
1: Wow, that's a lot. What time frame did you complete those renovations?
0: Uh, It's been over a long time. I think the first house that we bought, we renovated and we kept on doing that over the time. Um, But then I got to do it pretty much full time um, and was doing it for other people as well. And now I sort of do it more as part of a subdivision. Um, Seems to add an extra string to that bow. Um, Yeah, I I love the old Queenslanders. It's my, my passion, the old houses, bringing them back to life. Although Halliday would love to
1: be renovating properties all day, her daily life focuses on more logistics.
0: It does change a lot, but normally I get up, check emails, check what's on the market. Um, I have KPIs that I try to keep to, and that involves sending out SMSs, talking to agents, um, sending out letters, and uh, chasing up any potential properties that I find, you know, working out the feasibility, see whether they work. Um, and on a Saturday, I try to get out and see those open homes so I can meet the agents, put a face, put my face in front of them. So if they remember me, maybe they'll send me the deal.
1: Halliday was raised in a beautiful town surrounded by open fields and mountains.
0: Uh, I grew up in New Zealand, uh, a small country town in the middle of the North Island called Tamarunui. Uh, very small. It used to be a farming community, um, and that was the little hub for a lot of the farmers.
1: I wonder what that was like growing up in a place like that.
0: We used to hop on bikes and drive around, you know, run around the, the place, and basically it was come home, you know, mum used to have afternoon tea for us, and then we'd just scarper until it was time for tea, you know. Um, so we'd be riding our bikes, or going for bushwalks or, you know, playing cricket across the road with the, the um, neighbour's place or they had this huge, it um, was almost like a football field in front of their place so that all the neighbourhood kids used to go out there and play. So it was a lot freer than what we have now.
1: Oh, it's, it's lovely to hear that as well too. So tell me a little bit more about your childhood growing up in New Zealand then. What was that like? What was school like? I
0: was very, very lucky. I, I walked... About I don't know 200 meters down the road to my school. Um, it was a Catholic school, so it was uh, quite restrictive in a way. But um, we had we always found ways to have fun. Like uh, it was cold in New in New Zealand and Tammany, and so like we used to sneak out at at night time and get the hose on and put it on the um, netball courts. And then we'd sort of like get there in the morning and there'd be ice all over the netball courts. So we used to slide all over the netball courts. And of course, the, the, the nuns weren't very happy with that. <laughs> but yeah, we used to sort of find some fun things to do like that. Um, yeah, climbing trees and things like that. My brother used to help me up and leave me up there.
1: Her relationship with her brother was a pretty typical one. They caused each other a lot of chaos, as siblings do.
0: He was just um, more mischievous than I was, um, although because he he was younger and faster, um, and I think when I was probably about ten, he mum and mum went back to work, so I stayed home with him, and um, he was being cheeky with me. So I gave him a clip around the ear. Well, he chased me around and around the house, and he was catching me. So I shut the door behind me and of course he was so close that he couldn't stop so he went straight through this glass door and I was like oh no I am going to be in the biggest trouble ever (laughs) but surprisingly I wasn't um like I'd actually sort of handled the situation it had been cut over his head and blood everywhere so I sort of did the right thing got the right neighbor in and (laughs) So I didn't sort of get in as much trouble as I thought I would, but um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, we got into a little bit of mischief.
1: Eventually, she moved from New Zealand to Australia. She wanted to see what opportunities she could find elsewhere.
0: From high school, although not straight away, um, I actually moved over here and I, after I was working for a little while, decided to do um, TAFE part-time and do an advanced diploma in um, accounting. And then it wasn't until my daughter was um, probably two that I upgraded that um, and did five subjects that you to, need to upgrade that so that I could um, get an accountant's degree. Um, but funnily enough, I never really used it that much. Um, I actually got a job bookkeeping and then went from there. So, But it's good to have that knowledge in the background.
1: It's no secret that having kids is difficult. So, how did she manage to study while she had a two-year-old?
0: I just did it part-time. So, I sort of did just um, one unit at a time. So, over two and a half years, I got um, that degree um, done. So, it was it was hard. But my husband used to work um, night shift and so forth. And sometimes, he would have a day off and I'd just sort of like get in there and cram and do what, do what I had to um, just snippets here and snippets there, as I'm sure a lot of people have done. Um, I don't envy anyone, anyone doing a full-time degree and working. It must be so hard.
1: She explained what her life looked like after high school and before TAFE. Uh,
0: first job I actually did leaving school, I actually worked in a laboratory. I used to do um blood tests and because it was country, we used to do like tests on horses and cows and things as well Um, and I used to take blood. Um, So I remember that you'd quite often see see the guys more than the girls walk in and go, you know, it's like looking at you with terrified eyes and you just sort of say, would you like to lie down? They go, oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So... It was fun. It was just a small community hospital so everybody got along and everyone knew each other and, um, yeah, it was quite a, a hub in, in that era. It's probably all changed now. Um, and then I got an offer of a job at um, the ANZ Bank. So I was a teller there for a few years and then moved up to the bank up in Auckland.
1: When she moved to Australia, she didn't find home right away.
0: I actually moved around i i moved to um, melbourne first up and i got a job there at telstra um, i used to run their little um phone shop there for a while It was when the ericophones were um big and the the uh, commanders and that were in that was like so long ago i'm sure they're antiques now Um, And then my mum got sick. She would actually moved over after me to Brisbane, and so I got transferred up to Brisbane. Um, So I was in Brisbane for quite a while until I met my husband, um, and he was actually down in Coffs. So I went to Coffs Harbour, back to Brisbane. Uh, When we got married, we actually went to Mount Isa, which was his first posting um, with the railways. And then we went to Mackay and then back to Brisbane. Wow. What, what was your husband doing back then? Um, when I met him, he was just working in the service station, but he had worked in the railways for about uh, probably eight years before that. Um but had to move down to Coffs for um, his, he had a previous wife who was sick, so was there and she passed away. So when I met him, we sort of thought, well, we'll come back to to Brisbane and he got back into the railways again. So it was working from, from the railways that went out to Mount Isa.
1: Halliday says that property is a relationship business especially during the acquisition part of the journey.
0: Even when I renovate, um, I'm always looking at what I'm giving back to the market and what sort of people are looking for. It's that relationship of providing what they want. Um, The buyers, it's the same sort of thing. What what do they want? It's um, trying to give them what they need. And creating the, the relationships with the agents, the acquisition part, I always find tricky. It always takes a lot of time. Once you've got it, it's then just a process. Um, so getting that acquisition um, is definitely, I think, a, the biggest part probably of, of the journey.
1: Halliday was able to kill two birds with one stone by getting into the property game to help her mother.
0: Uh, the first property that I brought... Um, my mother needed help with a loan. Back, back in those days, um, it was really hard for an older person and she was not really old. She was only probably 40s or 50s um, to get a loan. And so I actually went half with her in a house get, so that she could get this house. Um, and that was sort of, you know, like she lived in it and I just sort of paid part towards it. Um, And we renovated that a bit and then when we had the 17% um, interest rates that were horrendous, um, I was actually working in a hardware which um, I loved because it was always something different every day. Um, So that was sort of partly my interest in in property and um, the guy that I was working for helped us build in underneath the house. So my mum had a granny flat underneath and we rented out up top and that actually helped us get through um, and pay those ridiculous interest rates. So, um, that was my first A into property. <laughs> and we kept that, that property for ages. I've only sold it probably four or five years ago.
1: Although it wasn't exactly above board, the property was in a good area and it served them well.
0: Um, it was just basically, it was um, where mum wanted to live. Um, it was an old high set in that area, so not not a Queenslander type. but um, So it was up on stumps. It was concreted underneath and, you know, it wasn't legal height but it was actually quite comfortable or he had um, windows and sliding doors and things like that. So we didn't have to do too much to it. Um, obviously highly illegal, like you wouldn't get away with it today, <laughs> But back then you could. Everybody was doing it. Councils didn't really, you know, check and um, it it sort of served us right. It was on the train line, you know, had access to her work, um, which meant when we went to sell it, it was in high demand. Even though it wasn't legal, people could see that it was sort of done nicely and, you know, would rent or you could sort of have mum and dad and kids or whatever there.
1: After buying her first property with her mum, Halliday realized the power of building to rent for an additional income and soon enough, she got her husband on board.
0: When we got together, he had a house in Cox Harbour so we actually sold that and we bought one in Brisbane and um, we, we renovated that. It was uh, the, in the era of, you know, um, what was it, the Mission Brown. <laughs> so we we changed it to a beautiful apricot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I walk into a house now that's got that and I'm going, oh, I'm so sorry to the people that brought my house. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so we started to renovate that one and then because we moved, um, we actually rented that out for a while, had a bikie gang living in there for a while, but my dad sort of Actually scared the lady off, um, and so she left, and the bike gang went with her. But um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, so we rented that, and then we moved to Mount Isa, which we just lived in normal accommodation, and then we moved to Mackay, where we'd bought another house and renovated that, and then we'd add a granny flat onto the back of that one. It sort of started to be a bit of a pattern from there. I think I always. Because I'd seen um, when mum was at the, you know, in mum's first house, how much a difference building that granny flat in um, gave us that extra income so that we could rent upstairs, she could live downstairs. Um, It was always in the back of my mind. So when we had the house in Mackay, we actually um, built a granny flat at the back and legal this time. (laughs) Uh, And we rented, like, my mum actually moved up, but, you know, we could rent that out if we wanted to, you know. Um, And we had that. We were in Mackay for about eight years until we sold. And this is the value of education. If I'd known what I knew now, like, I would have kept half of those houses and would have been able to. But at that time you went to the bank and the bank told you what you had to do. Um, And you just... Did what you were told so um, and from there we went to and it's funny like when I look sometimes for a house for myself I used to go down to my mum's and said to her oh i really like to live there you know and this was a, a place on the water and I thought I'd just like to be able to walk to the beach it'd be lovely and when we came down I actually found a house in that suburb that was just right for us so Um, And I've done that a couple of times. So it's quite interesting how when you sort of like stick something in your mind, it sort of works its way into reality. So
1: She shares a piece of advice that she's learned along the way.
0: But now I sort of realize that, yeah, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I had had brought some investments along the way, but they always seem to be dual lock. Or something that I could make into dual occupancy to get the two strings of income through. I mean, that,
1: that really makes a huge difference to your cash flow, too, to be able to sustain and keep these properties, especially for a portfolio that you're growing. So um, I'm assuming there was positive cash flow every time you bought these dual properties.
0: They were close to positive, but if they weren't positive, they paid for themselves. Um, so, and when the interest rates would go up, you know, you might have a short, you know, small short fall, but. Um, most of the time they sort of covered their own expenses. So,
1: While selling renos seems glamorous, you need to do the dirty work first and any good developer knows you might have to live in them mid-reno which can get messy.
0: I suppose pulling out the kitchen is always tricky um, but we're campers so if we sort of have all the gear, we can just sort of like put it in another room and set it up. I actually sometimes when I've got a Queenslander that I'm renovating, I'll go and um stay in it because like I actually live down the Gold Coast now and I do all my renovating and and investing in Brisbane. Um and sometimes it's just, you know, if you put in a big day, it's really hard work to sort of get back down the coast just to turn around and go back up. So um I'll quite often have a black mattress and a, you know, like food or as long as I've got a toilet and a shower, I'm happy. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I I can live through a reno, but not not many people can. Um, I I didn't do that many with the family, like rip it apart, um, and a lot of them like the granny flat is in a separate area, so that wasn't so bad either. So, but yeah, yeah, just um, trying to trying to organise it so you've still got a bathroom function and somewhere to cook is yeah the main thing.
1: While she's flipping heaps of properties alone, she enjoys it more when she gets to work with a friend.
0: I did a reno up in uh, I did a reno up in Toowoomba, and I, if you sort of took away the part that um, of the driving up there and back, because that wasn't fun, <laughs> it was two hours up and two hours back. Um, but I actually did that with a friend, and I just love doing it with somebody. It's um, it's a lot more fun. I've done quite a few JVs in my time uh, which is joint ventures and, and I love the um, doing it with other people. It, it's great to sort of have that feedback and um, not so much needing uh, the advice but you know, it's just fun just doing it with somebody else.
1: Halliday talks us through her process from criteria to when she sells the property.
0: Most of my renos have been buy, reno and hold, although I have done some buy, reno, sell. Um, I usually look for a 10% um, return and, you know, that will vary depending on the price of the house Um, because obviously, you know, you don't want to do it for nothing. Um, But I always sort of look, I suppose, for properties where you can add something different to it where you can make a point of difference the queenslanders are amazing because they have all these little nooks and crannies that you can add on suites and robes and um just by bringing it back to life you know in your kitchen new bathroom it makes a huge difference to the property um so i look for something that i can add different and i always look for something that the market is looking for so if it's in a family area I try to make it family friendly if it's in um, like the new market one that I just did it was like a younger sort of more hip sort of you know more professional area so um, a big yard wasn't as important and you know entertaining was that sort of thing so
1: what exactly does holiday look for in a property
0: the criteria, and obviously it's it's um a return um that I'm looking for, but I've also found that it, it can take a while to get um a deal, but a lot of it is mindset. Um I actually got a mentor um Young Yuan a little while back, probably about two and a half years ago, because I was I was stuck and I wasn't um, I wasn't moving forward and I couldn't figure out what it was. And the mindset is just so powerful. It's getting in there and knowing, um, well, doing the do, but also focus and clarity in what you want. Um, and those sort of things really make the difference. It's not just the mechanics of talking to agents and things. It, it really, your belief you know, and, and you know, how do you find what, you, what um, you're what you looking for if you don't know what you're looking for, that sort of thing, um, being laser-focused and, and knowing your market.
1: While the Queen of Renos has built up an impressive portfolio, she's decided to move on from building and delve into the next stage of her career.
0: I'm sort of going into my next phase of trying to get um, – higher growth, higher income. So um, I've sold two last year and I'm actually selling another one this year. So I used to have probably about eight eight in the portfolio, but I've just sort of like anything that um, wasn't performing as well as what I wanted, um, I sort of sold down. If I'd sold it another year later, it would have been really, really great, but you get that, it's just the way that the property market goes. Um, and, yeah, so I'd sort of collected quite a few along the way and as buy and holds, but, you know, like um, always waiting for that market to go up and, and it it's never really, the rents never went up in that area or the the market didn't go up in that area. So I've actually been a lot more um focused on actually creating the return more so at the moment um which is what my my many boarding houses have been doing so um i've sort of changed focus a little bit in the last little while um i've always been quite successful you know the ones that i've sold I, i would have um made 100 150 um each time but you know, there's always been the one or two that haven't sort of quite worked out as you see, but that's part of the, the process. She explained
1: how selling some of her properties gave her better borrowing opportunities.
0: It just sort of meant that borrowing ability was better, so I could actually borrow more to get back into the ones that I wanted to, um, and yeah, pay down some of the debt that I had, you know, like... Um, I know friends of mine have sort of said they wouldn't be able to sleep at night if they, you know, had the amount of debt that I had. Um, I don't see it as that. I just see it as, you know, um, it's just the cost of doing business. It's, you know, like I've got this property that covers that and I've got income that pays for it. So um, it doesn't really worry me because I know that I can always um, deal with whatever comes along. It's it's. Um, you know, like if something breaks, I can fix it. If You know, people still need to rent houses to live in. So it's not like um, I'm investing in something that nobody will ever want. Um, they're all in good areas, you know, that sort of thing. So it's never been um, a problem that way. But, yeah, like I suppose you need to put yourself in a position that you can keep moving forward. Um, so that's why I was sending them down.
1: With the amount of experience Halliday has, you'd assume her aha moment happened early in her career. But surprisingly, it was her most recent development.
0: I had been struggling trying to figure find my next deal and I'd also been looking for something that I could retrofit to a mini boarding house. So that means that it's um, a council approved um, house, so it's a residential house that you can rent separate um, rooms and they'd be self-contained which is I see a really big thing with COVID you know like having little separate um, rooms and things and I'd been looking quite hard for this um, property to renovate and I came across um, a property that I automatically thought yeah I can renovate this into a a mini boarding house and I'm going hang on a second I can actually um, subdivide this and put a new mini boarding house on the back of it. And I go, I'm just not looking big enough, you know. Um, So it was just uh, looking at what was available and seeing the different things that you can make out of a property. Um, And it was all, you know, like um, looking at things differently.
1: Halliday continues to break down the ins and outs of her most recent development.
0: So these are still residential properties, and they're still in the house, but you can rent the rooms separately. Um, and there are specific rules around them in, um, in Brisbane. I think there's, I think you can do them in the Gold Coast as well, and in a few other areas. Um, but this was walking distance to trains, buses. Um, pub, shopping centre, like it was in a really good position for people that just wanted to rent a room. Um, sort of, it has. It's quite a large room. It's not like you've got a little tiny area and you can't swing a cat in it. You've you've got um, room for a sofa and you know. So it's quite comfortable. Like I, if I was sort of young again, I would just like think this was the greatest thing. Um, to rent, you know, reasonably priced, you don't have to worry about anything and um, you've got your own space, you know, instead of like in the day having to share with a whole lot of people just to pay the rent in a old run-down house so you know, this is a lot nicer and I sort of feel good about, you know, providing that to the market.
1: But I'd love to delve into this a little bit more to understand how this So you're buying an existing residential property and because it, it can be zoned or converted into a sort of a mini boarding house. How many people can you actually put into these?
0: So that one there I actually just renovated and sold. I actually did uh, retrofit to another property that I already owned. But, um, yeah, so the rules um, are a maximum of five um, in that property. So whether you have a couple in one room and three other rooms of singles or whether you have five separate ones or um, whatever, but you can't have more than five, it's to do with the – insurance and plus it's it's just council regs. It's classified as a one B.
1: While the properties are subdivided, they each have their own facilities.
0: They all have their own bathroom and um especially like during COVID and things like that, like people didn't like sharing. You know, like if they sort of all these people in the one spot and um I know, you know, that was an issue and, and hard to sort of stop the spread and things like that. So to provide them with their own facilities. They can, you know, there's no oven or anything like that, but who needs an oven these days? You can have a microwave or, you know, um, air fryer or something like that or, you know, half the people don't cook these days anyway. So um, it just meant, that you know, they can have a table and chairs, their own en suite, something, you know, couch, TV and their own bedroom. And um, I try and fit... um, an outdoor area, I think that Spot Young has done with his. So um it was actually him that sort of turned the light on for me because he was sort of um I was looking for a property and and I wasn't I sort of hadn't quite clicked when I mean, you said that, you know, sweet you know, click the switch. I was just trying to buy a property and retrofit it, whereas he was sort of saying, no, create the equity in it. Um, which is what I ended up doing by subdividing.
1: Just how large are these rooms in the house?
0: The retrofit um, was about 6 by 4, so about 24. Sometimes they're they're smaller, sometimes they're bigger. Mm,
1: So they resemble a one-bedroom studio?
0: Yeah, pretty much, Um, like a one-bedroom studio but in a normal house. So... And it's important that they sort of, yeah, um, I think people like to have their own little space these days. So, um, And they're all kept up to code. So, you know, you know, you've got your fire safety and all that, you know, and, and a bit of soundproofing so that you're not going to blast the neighbour out with your TV, that sort of thing. So you have got, you know, livability.
1: You might be wondering just how long something like that takes to build.
0: I'd say the um, the whole process probably took about three months, maybe, maybe longer because like you've got to get those plans and get it certified and, um, and the reno probably only took about two months but the other stuff does take a while. Um, and not everybody um, knows what to do with it. It's, it's quite an involved process. There's lots of it was the hardest reno I've ever had to do, put it that way.
1: We find out if all the hard work was worth it and she ended up making a good return.
0: It basically changed the almost by fifty percent the income. So it really made a big difference. And and I've only just sort of had it fully rented since Christmas. So I'm still um seeing what sort of um, difference the expenses are making on it but so far it hasn't really made too much um, difference Um, so you can have a family of five or eight you know like um, they're going to use more power and water than you know five individuals so um, it's not necessarily going to cost more but um, sometimes it will these ones are all air conditioned so It's likely that in the middle of summer they will use the air conditioner for lawn, um, especially if they're not paying extra for it. So um, I will be looking at how that works and whether we put solar on the top to cover that expense. The new one that I'm building will have solar on it.
1: As Halliday said, one thing people tend to forget about is the expenses and responsibilities put onto developer by the tenants. So how does she manage that?
0: I'm getting a property manager. I think it's it's quite involved and I think there's lots of rules and things out there. Nowadays um, I just prefer to have it in the hands of um, a good property manager and I know that my property has been looked after then. Not every property manager will do, will take that on um, because it is a lot more work. Um, so there are special ones around that will actually do that. Um, and they do a good job too. So it's just a matter of asking around. If anyone wants to contact me, I'll certainly put them on the right path.
1: Life isn't perfect. Everyone hits a low point with seemingly no escape. But Halliday's mindset and curious attitude pulled her through the tough times.
0: During some of those times, it's, I've, I've got a bit of a, maybe a stubborn streak maybe, I think Young would call it. But um, I, I'm i sort of not, not easily persuaded. If, if there's something that, um, you know, like not having enough money for that interest, I always ask, how can I? It's not, you know, like, oh, it's all too hard, you know, like what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to pay the rent. And I just sort of went, well, how can I create more income? How can I... You know, what can I do with what I've got that can make a better use out of it? And most of the properties um, I've always looked at and, and gone, you know, like how can I make this better? Or um, I suppose that interest rate one was a real sort of wake-up for me um, and that was when I was early 20s. So I've always looked at things as I went along, you know, like, um, how can I do it?
1: Education also provided her many opportunities.
0: I'd I'd actually done um, a few courses on the way because, like, I think the Renault Kings came in, like, really early on and and everybody said, oh, Viv, have you seen them? You have to go and do that course, you know, which I did and I actually ended up working um, with them as a... um, as a bookkeeper and as a, um, event coordinator for quite a number of years. But, um, yeah, so I, I absolutely loved that job. It was so good. And the boys were so good. I learned so much from them. So they were probably my first mentors. Um, and they were like, I suppose in a way that was the, the renovation type that I actually learned. It was a real basic sort of Renault, you know like um if you couldn't get four dollars for the dollar you spent you know you don't do it and and that's really hard to get that sort of return but um yeah so I was always sort of like looking um for I suppose the edge and that so I'm just trying to think of some of the bad experiences you know
1: Halliday explained further how she saved her mother and herself from the lowest point using nothing but brains and grit.
0: My mum was living in, in the house, and I um, was living with my boyfriend at the time. Um, so I was sort of paying a fair chunk of my wage into the house, you know, and so was she. But it was getting to the point that um, she had a second job, she was cleaning toilets. Um, I was, you know, like I basically was putting more money and I had hardly anything to to live off. Um, I wasn't earning a great deal of money at that time. Um, And we're just sort of going, like, what are we going to do with this? And when I was at the hardware, um, I noticed that there was lots of, you know, peach baths and, you know, like... (laughs) vanities that sort of just, you know, weren't quite up to modern standards and, and I sort of said to um, the guys, sort of like, what if if I sort of took these at a discounted rate and, you know, like you, you know how to build and everything, what if I paid you to do some of the building and that for me? And that gave him an income but then I could sort of see that if we had that little unit underneath um, and rented pretty much the whole house up the top that I would get a full um, income coming in and mum would be able to live there for nothing and would be able to pay the rent. So it was, you know, like I suppose I learnt from that that, you know, sometimes if you look outside the square or ask questions or talk to people and see what they've done um, instead of digging you know, putting your head in the sand and saying it's too, too hard, I don't know what to do, um, there's usually always a way out or there's always a different way of doing things that might be better um, or, you know, like if you talk to somebody that's been there before, they might have their opinion and it might just flick that switch for you that makes you think outside the box and solve your problem.
1: Motivation plays a big part in being a dedicated developer. For Holiday, it isn't just a passion for renovating that keeps her going.
0: During COVID, um, I suppose I'm 60 next year um, and my husband's been working two on, two off for quite a few years over in Western Australia. Um, but um, I suppose my daughter left to go to London, um, which she's sort of loving sometimes and not others because you can't get out over there at the moment. So, you know, like the typical empty nester, but my, my nest went down to sort of almost just me. Um, and I sort of like looked at it and went, I'm not liking this too much. And then I sort of thought, well, okay, my husband didn't even come home for uh, three or four months during COVID. He couldn't get back. He had to stay in Perth so he could um, keep doing his job. And I just sort of thought I'm really over this, sort of I'm over um, us being separated and life. And, again, it was the how can I, what can I do um, to make this work? And that's, you know, like I suppose what I was looking for was something different to get um, income so that he could come home more. Um, so he hopefully it's all sort of starting to fall into place now that he's actually got um, a part-time like so or two on six-off um, position coming up by the end of the year, um, which, you know, his wage will drop down, but the mini boarding houses are coming up. So it's sort of like and that was my focus. It was to get my family back together, you know, to get him home, um yeah and to sort of I don't know get a life again but you know like in in that process I've sort of gotten a life anyway because like um you know you you sort of when you're on your own you need to get out and talk to people you know so um the property um community is is wonderful we get together and we can actually, you know, talk about something that we're all passionate about Um, but I've sort of had to learn to put a few good things in um, and not just property because otherwise, you know, life sort of gets a little bit one-sided.
1: Although they spend time apart, Halliday's husband is happy to help her out with rendos when he can.
0: He actually did have a couple of weeks off or probably about a month off um while I was renovating uh, one of the the mini boarding house um so he he got hands on with that um he doesn't mind he, he just doesn't yeah like he's not passionate about property if, if I ask him to go and do something he'll do it but um he he won't sort of you know like go out and find deals or anything like that for me um but you know I'm happy for him to help me on the reno. That's certainly a lot less lifting I have to do.
1: (laughs) While Halliday has tradies to help her renovate, the passionate developer can't help herself to pitch in.
0: Oh, look, I have tradies, um, but I am a little bit too hands-on because the more hands-on I am, the less time I have to focus on finding the deal. Um, So I'm learning that lesson. I think I've been hit sort of playing Young a few times like just like, you know, you got to focus on the most important thing and that's sort of not carrying stuff for your tradies Um, so yeah, I, I still there's some things that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, with the the Queenslanders and that, I enjoy sort of um probably fixing up the little bits like the um catches and things like that I can see um I know how to fix them and make them look good again and, you know, save you know, a few hundred dollars here, there and everywhere but I'm learning that a lot of stuff can be outsourced so and that just means more opportunity for me that I can just do more than one deal at a time. I can do two or three, you know.
1: Along the way, she's had a few mentors but there was one person in particular who she remembered fondly.
0: Jeff Dodge and um yeah. He's just passed away not so long ago, which was a shame. But um, he was was such a lovely guy and so generous with his time and his information. Um, He'll be sadly missed.
1: She shares the other mentors who provided her with more than just advice and gave her experience.
0: I suppose I actually was with the Rando Kings when they started Property Women. So, um, you know, at that time, Property Women wasn't in existence and one of the the girls that was working with the guys sort of moved. Um, said like we should get the girls together, and it and it was true because I worked as event coordinators for both. And when the men were in the room, um, the girls wouldn't ask questions. It was actually quite funny, and yet when the girls were all on their own, oh my goodness, it was a totally different scenario, um, and they were prepared to be, you know, like. Um, you know, asking the stupid question and being vulnerable, um, whereas um, they sort of probably wouldn't do it as much in front of... It's, times have changed a little bit now, but the other thing was I, the men didn't ask as many questions either because they didn't want to be seen as as not to know everything. Um, so it was really um, great fun watching the different sort of... Um, I don't know, groups play out. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of, of stuff with um property women and we did some um, lots of bus tours and things like that. So lots of fun. Um Bernadette Jansen is is um a great inspiration to me now. She's um I love watching her podcasts and that was her Renault stuff. Um Yeah. Yeah. She's just fun and lots of free stuff. That's just amazing on there as well. But yeah, she's, she's really good. Um, but I suppose like when I got to that point that I really needed to, to step up and move on, um, that's when I looked for somebody that I actually thought could make a difference. I knew that I knew all the nuts and bolts. I knew, I knew how to renovate and I'd done some subdivisions before, but, um, and again, this is, where I don't give up I always ask how can I and that's what I thought well what is it that I'm missing and that's why I looked for somebody that could help me with mindset which was advanced property strategies and young but I think those are the major the people that have helped me on the property journey um and it's I can't stress enough how much the education has changed and um changed my life I suppose but also saved me so so much you know like just the little tips and tricks on that that um, people have learned along the way if you can take half of them on board you won't have to make the same mistakes you know Um, and and I remember sort of like when you go to do something go no remember such and such you know Um, so yeah learning those lessons is really important
1: She's also read a few books and used resources to help her on her journey
0: Oh look, I started off with Jan Summers And I actually was around when Jan Summers was still I think I was in Mount Isa and she came out to the golf club there um, And I was just going, oh my god, this is amazing You know, <laughs> you can do all this with this property and, and I had her PIA software, I think it's still going um, where you can plug in, you know, your properties and see the, the um, what was going to be left at the end or owing at the end and what happens if you added another property to it. Loved it. Um, so she was probably my first sort of, um, first one that sort of like turned the lights on and thought, you know, you can actually do this as a business or as, as a full-time income, um, which it has Pretty much done for me during the time. Whether I've done reno's for other people or whether I've, um, you know, done joint ventures with other people, um, yeah, I think that and and Robert Kiyosaki as well. Um, a little bit different, being very Americanized, but it still had a lot of negative gearing back then. Um, so I would never go that way again. Um, but you know. Things, learn, you know, change and you learn different stuff. Um, yeah, so those are, my, I suppose, my favourite sort of books um, apart from like I'm obsessed with Audible. <laughs> I'm always listening to something, especially when I drive an hour to get to Brisbane, like, well, and that's if you're lucky some days is that. Um, yeah, I'm, I've always got an Audible book playing.
1: Halliday gives our listeners the advice she wished she received 10 years ago.
0: I think looking at where I am now and what I'm trying to do now, I would say that to concentrate on um, the income from the property more so than the capital growth. Um, I think earlier on I was looking at the capital growth making um me money and it has worked but um I think now I would definitely um look still look at good good areas because that's gonna set you up well anyway and if there's capital growth then great you get a bonus but I would definitely say look at that passive income and and get something that's really going to give you not just covering your costs but you know more double
1: she explains why she's going to explore developing boarding houses more during this new phase in her career.
0: I see that is the way that I can actually um, get income um, a lot, a lot more passive and a lot more regular, and it'll allow, allow me to do um, more things with my husband and. Who knows, the uh, world might open up to travel again and <laughs> I'll be able to get back out there. Um, but, yeah, so I, I see it as my path to being able to move um, into retirement, um, although I don't think I'll ever retire. I, I can probably just renovate a house a year or something like that just to keep my hand in, keep me from being bored. Um, yeah, but I also see it as it's a great way of giving back, you know, giving really nice accommodation to people that are at a reasonable price and they're safe. Um, yeah, so I like that idea of it as well.
1: Well, Vivian, you've achieved so much, you know, there's been a lot of great things and thank you so much for sharing your stories there as well. Uh, what would you say if, you know, is, do you think that all the things that you've done in property has been attributed towards your skill, intelligence and hard work? Or has it been because due to luck?
0: I I basically have done a lot of learning, a lot of education. And you can learn as much as you like and you can um, go to as many seminars if you like. But if you don't take that step um, and do something with it, um, you're never going to get anywhere. So I suppose, yeah, like it is... I don't don't believe it's luck. I think if you actually put yourself in the right position and have the right information, um, then you'll know when the deal is right. Um, But, yeah, you've got to do something with with that information that you've got, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere.
1: Thank you to our guest, Vivian Halliday, for coming onto our podcast.